The Highlander Podcast is brought to you by Outdoor Product Design and Development, a four-year undergraduate degree focused on training the next generation of product creators for the sports and outdoor industries. Learn more at opdd.usu.edu. The Highlander Podcast is sponsored by the Utah Outdoor Association, a business association focused on elevating Utah's outdoor industry through educational programming and events. Their membership consists of Utah's outdoor manufacturers, retailers, outfitters, and guides. Member benefits include networking opportunities, recruitment of talent, and brand promotion. More information about volunteering and membership is available at utahoutdoor.org. On this episode, we spotlight one of our alumni, Rachel Bodily, from the class of 2020. We talk about graduating during the pandemic, her role at Skull Candy, and the day-to-day of a color materials and finish designer. Welcome back, everyone. This is Chase, and joining me today is one of our very own, one of our graduates from the class of 2020, uh, Rachel Bodily. Thanks for joining me. Yes, I'm excited. It's great, great to have you here. Um, we're talking to you not as a student, but as a working professional, a color, materials, and finish designer for Skull Candy. Did I get that right? Yep. That's awesome. Well, we'll dive into what that means because, to be honest, before I even got into this job at the university, I didn't even know that was something that existed. I don't know if you did. Did you know that color, materials, and finish was even a thing? I mean, like, kind of from color theory, but I didn't know it was like an actual legit job that companies have. Right. It kind of just seems like one of those things that, oh, a designer does that. It's not a dedicated thing for a designer to do. Yes, the world. Well, we'll get into what that means because um, I'm sure you've got your hands full and it is a full-time job doing that. Um, so it's real. Um, but I, I wanted to step back and just get your thoughts. I know a lot of people who listen to this are current students. Um, but, uh, and I think I always think it's helpful for current students to hear about your experience and how you got to where you are. But how did you first hear about the program to start? Um, it was when I was touring Utah State. And one of my friends is like the first class of it. And so he was like showing us a sewing machine. And he was like, I get a sew for class. And I was like, it's kind of cool. Because at first I was going to do business, but I was like, I like this idea. So I just went right into it. That's awesome. Who was that? I don't remember. Walker. <laughs> oh, okay. That's right. Okay. Together, yeah. That seems like that's pretty common. A lot of students like find out about the program when they're already here. Um, so did you, but were you able to just jump right in or, um, was that a transition first semester right into the classes? That's awesome. That's great. Um, well you went through the four years we're, we're jumping a whole lot of time. Um, I'll ask you a little bit about your experience in the program, but, um, how, like, what was your experience graduating? Like you graduated, you were our COVID class graduating like right when everything was falling apart um like what what was that experience like for you graduating in may of 2020 it was really just up in the air it's kind of wild because it was like we had a couple weeks to finish all of our final projects before all the labs closed so i was like oh no and i was 3d printing these shoes so i was like oh these are going to take days on the 3d printer so i was like hurrying to finish all the edits so i could get the final one printed but it was 
really kind of sad but exciting because I was like, cool, now I gotta go find a real job. And then it was like, oh, no one's really hiring right now. A lot of people are getting laid off. Like, what do I do? So then I just started applying for jobs. Ever. I applied for like a furniture company one and they like interviewed me and I knew nothing about furniture. And I was like, this mm. is probably not the brightest idea. <laughs> <laughs> then I got to Skull Candy and I applied and had like my first interview. I was like, okay, this would be cool. But it was exciting. Yeah. What was that like? I mean, like trying to find a job when there's like so much uncertainty, right? Like, like you said, like a lot of people were getting laid off at the time. And then like, as the summer went on, we kind of like found out, Oh, the outdoor industry is actually doing okay. And in some ways like doing really well, like I talked to someone like Lena, who I know you've, she spoke to the program a few times from, from specialized. She said, well, the bike industries we're booming. We can't keep bikes on the shelves. And, and so there was a lot of hiring that happened in the industry. So when did you like, how did you find skull candy? Like I know skull candy, like in the area, like you're, you're from that area. So it's probably a company that you were aware of that is up in the park city area. Right. Um, But like, how'd how'd you come across the job? Like job board, someone you knew? Like, how'd you even find the open position? I think it was on LinkedIn. I like saw the job position because I was just like searching outdoor industry companies and looking at who was hiring. And they had the CMF. They also had like an ID position too. So I was like, CMF, I kind of started looking at like what qualifications you needed and everything. And I was like, ah, I would be good at this. I was like, I like this. So then I applied and it was a long interview process. There was like five interviews. Wow. It was like every week or two. But it turns out because there were so many people applying, it was hard to narrow it down. So the biggest thing was portfolio. Like mm-hmm. after the first interview was with HR. So kind of just like, why do you want to work here? Are you qualified? Just like the weeding out process. And then the second one was with the head CMF, Kyle. And he had my portfolio pulled up already. He's like, okay, I've been going through this, like kind of knew what I had been working on and already had everything like pulled up. And he's like, walk me through it and like your design process and where you get your inspiration from. And I was like, okay. And then it's kind of similar to that, but with like the industrial design team and a couple people in there. And then like back to Kyle for the final interview. Did you feel like prepared to go into that interview? Like you'd done some internships before. Um, and we tried to bring industry guests on campus. So you get experience, like talking to people you'd been to OR and you'd, you know, talk to tons of people there. Like, did you feel like prepared to go into the interview? Like how, what were your feelings going into it? I'd make like a whole list of what, like I should talk about on my portfolio and then how I could lead to like what I've done at the OR show or like my internships and how I could talk about that in the interview. So I felt pretty prepared. Like I had like my whole design process laid out so I could speak to that. And so I was pretty prepared. Like I kind of knew like questions they would ask. And then like after the first one, then I was way more prepared for the second one. Right. Were you daunted by the fact that you'd have like five interviews? By the end, I was like, (laughs) there's no way I'm getting this job. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, it could go either way, right? Like, okay, we're five in, like they spent this much time with me. Like, of course they're going to have, you know, they're going to, you know, if they're going to put that much time in, into this, like, of course I've got it. Or you could go the other way. Right. It's like, is this ever going to end? Yeah. Um, it's like, I feel either way. After the fifth one, I was like, it'd been like a week and I was like, dang it. I probably didn't get it. 
And then like a couple days later, they called me and offered me the job. I was like, oh, perfect. Did you, that's, that's awesome. Did you feel like, um, I know we talked about this a lot, like in the program, like trying to interview the company, like, did you feel like you went into it wanting to learn more about them? Like, was it like a conversation? Like, what was the interview style? Like, I think a lot of people think an interview is like one person asking you a bunch of questions, right? And more often than not, I feel like it turns out to be more of like a conversation. But what, what was the feeling? What was that like for you? I'd say more of a conversation, kind of like beginning. It's like casual conversation, like getting to know each other, what your interests are, what brought you to where you are, like in this area. And then kind of like walking through your projects, design, all that aspect and then it's kind of like more open to where like I would ask questions like what do you do on a daily routine how do you work with the industrial design team like how does the teams work together in the whole company and that kind of aspect right oh, that's awesome was there um so once you got it like what's that feeling like when you go through negotiations like you go through all that stuff like you, there's a job offer on the table you like, what's that feeling like? Like you, you've gone through like this program, you know, it's the middle of a pandemic, like you're going through the interview process and it's like, oh, okay, this is like the thing that I've been building to. Like, what is that feeling like? I was so stoked. I was like, no way. I'm so excited. And she was like, can you start next week? And I was like, yep, I'm ready. <laughs> but it was like pretty quick. So I was like, okay. I was like trying to read like CMF interviews or like watch some videos of like, what to expect more so because I kind of got it but it's like I'm still learning about everything that goes into it because it's way more than you would think Mm -hmm. well that's a good transition like what is the day-to-day of a color materials finish designer a CMF designer it's honestly so different every day but it's like some days it'll be kind of like we'll have some meetings kind of kick off what everyone's working on because I work really close with the industrial design team so it's like me and my boss and then all the industrial design team and there's six of them so we all work really close together and then sometimes okay so we do all of the CMF like documents that you send to China mm-hmm. and like you have to spec like every little like this color goes here this texture goes here like if it's gloss if it's matte if it's different type of plastic and then kind of like what color, all those Pantone codes. And then for all of the colors that you are choosing, you have to have Pantone chips that you send to the factories. So it'll be like ordering the Pantone chips and then having to keep a set for us and then sending like one or two sets to China at the factories so then they can use those to color match the plastics that they're working with. So I'll do a lot of like Pantone research of like the colors, making sure they'll print well in the plastics. And then I also work on compliance. So all the little markings that go on the product for customs and getting into each selling area. So it's a lot of like Adobe Illustrator templates that I'm working in and then KeyShot, a lot of KeyShot. So like today we're working on a collab with this company that'll be coming up next year, but we've gone through two rounds of concepts. So I was finalizing all of those renders and key shot and like branding and all that so that's just rendering out right now and then get those added to the deck and then send it over for confirmation but it's really fun when we get collabs i do like a lot of research on the company what they've done in the past who they've worked with what that looks like 
and then create like a mood board that will present internally, kind of pick our directions and then choose the products that we'll do in the collab and then render those ideas onto the product and then review with their team and then kind of go back and forth depending on that. So there's a lot. And then it's like once we send just product to China and they send it back and we do color matching to make sure that it's all printing well and it, there's like different plastics, making sure the color looks the same in all those different plastics. Right. It sounds like such a, like a detail oriented position. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I think sometimes we forget about like the, the tiniest details that go into product, like how the product feels or what material or the texture on it, like all of that contributes to like an experience for people. Right. Which I imagine is such a big deal um, for skull candy and for this product in particular, right? Like something that's so close to your, your body, right? Like we're talking about headphones, like it's got to feel right and feel comfortable and like all those things matter. And I, so that's really cool that you get to be a part of that, that process, right? Like you're so close to it. Um, did you feel like you were prepared going into, into that kind of a position? Like, I know like as our program, like when we created it, I don't know if we created it with color materials and finish in mind, right? Like now we do, cause we know that that's, you know, we're, we're learning and growing and developing the program too. Um, but do you, do you feel like you have the, the skill sets that you need? I know Keyshot kind of came along later in the program for you um, and you're spending a lot of time in it, but did you feel prepared with when it came to like skill sets or software, that, that sort of thing? Definitely. I feel like all of the like, rendering and 3D softwares that I learned in school, I've used a lot like all sense work and I've definitely like expanded and learned more. But it was really nice having like that background in Rhino and SolidWorks. So then it's like when you're talking to the engineers, you understand what you're seeing, and, like right. how it's laid out and how it comes to be. But it's also like Illustrator, Photoshop, you have to have that dialed in because yeah. you use it all the time. On the daily. Yeah. I I mean I, like I know that whenever someone has like gotten an internship or a job, like when they have to sketch or they have to render something like every day, like that's when you just like go up a level. I don't know if you felt that about yourself personally. Cause like in class, like, yeah, you're working on a project and yeah, you're like, okay, I'm going to go through multiple iterations, but it's like, it's different when it's like a real project and there's a real timetable. Not that like your deadlines in school aren't real, but it's just different, right? Like if yeah. you felt like yourself just leveling up, like skill wise, as soon as you got in, you were like forced to like, you know, use the tools every day. Yeah. I looked at my portfolio a while ago and I was like looking at the renders that I've done I was like wow this is so bad compared to like what I understand now and like yeah. how important the lighting is in the environment like big difference there's a huge difference of wow. like where I am now that's great I mean that's like that's got to be a good feeling because that you know that you're like moving forward you're improving you're growing like if you don't look back at your portfolio and cringe a little bit like maybe you're doing it wrong so that's good like that's yeah. that's great to hear um did you feel like there was some kind of, like was there anything about the transition that was like a steep learning curve for you like whether it was skill set or just adjusting to like okay like a 40 hour work week like in work versus school like was there any transition that was hard for you I mean, they were super like good about like easing us into it and like, here's the tools, like we'll walk you through everything, like 
how the server works, how we save files and like how to access all that. So there's a lot more that goes into like the technology side behind the company that I realized and like communication with China and how important that is and kind of just like the back and forth. And then also realized like three cents is a huge deal when you're like mm. upping up something on a product. Like if you want to do like a soft touch rather than just a normal like glossy plastic. It's like you have to have that budget because those three cents really adds up. Wow. Yeah, like, that's that's something I don't feel like better. like you can talk about it in class, but it doesn't like it doesn't feel real, right? Until like someone from accounting is like, no, we can't afford that, or no, that's gonna up the price and it won't sell for that. You know, like that's gotta be so different. Still, yeah, I didn't realize because like, oh, let's do quarter oil in the headband, but they're like, no, that's five cents more. Like that'll push it way too far. Right. Dang it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot more constraints that you have to work within, right? Like, and other people that you have to work with. I, I was kind of leading me into my next question. Like, in the program, you get to work with other students sometimes, or you have a group projects. But now you're in an industry where, like, there are people who have like way more experienced than you or like everyone comes from a different background or a different skill set. Like some are, like you said, ID people and there's finance or supply chain people that you're probably interacting with. Like, um, how's that been like learning to work with other professionals? Like in school, you're all kind of like in the same position, like similar life experiences, similar like experience level. But now it's like, you're kind of all over the place. Like what's that experience like working with people, like working professionals? I mean, it was kind of intimidating at first because it was like, wow, everyone's really on their stuff. They know way more than I do because I'm definitely one of the younger ones on our team. But everyone was super nice. They're like, just ask questions. Like, we'll let you know. But it's really cool to see how all the departments work together. Like, we work with sales a lot and like, they'll talk to us about what's coming up and like, what's selling well. And then we'll go to ID and it's like, if we're coming up with a new pro- product, we'll kind of work together to see what kind of style we want it to look like. If we want it more of like a lifestyle and more of like a high tech. And so it's interesting to hear everyone's like feedback and see how they refer like in emails. I would just kind of like read them and everyone can attach me to them <laughs> and then see how like the communication goes. And like if engineering makes a change then ID has to like, fix theirs and then we have to update our fmf and cmf and kind of just the chain of reaction of how everyone works together is it more email than you ever imagined yeah (laughs) that's a big part of the job right (laughs) a lot of email and zoom especially because i work from home like half the time and then we go to the office right you you talked about the technology and i think that's another thing that's hard to simulate in a program like the workflow like, oh, how do you transition this thing to someone else? Like, how does it flow through, like, all the different people who need to touch this before it goes to market? And it's, like, hard to simulate that in a program. So I'm curious, like, how you mentioned the technology being interesting to navigate. Like, okay, like, I work in this file, and then I need to upload it somewhere, and, and there's a system that I have to learn. Like, what is the system um, to, like, help move this along? Um, like, wh- what was that experience like for you? Because it is hard to replicate that in a program. It was kind of confusing at first because there's like multiple directions to go with it. Mm. So like 
my boss kind of just like would walk me through like different files and like how to save them like in different areas of the server or like if it's going over to China like that goes into SharePoint with the PLMs and then kind of like the different lanes and then emailing out the files that we finished so it's kind of like big learning curve but once you do it a couple times it's like okay I got it right well that's interesting that there's like there's kind of these like branching lanes, right? That like the product goes through and that kind of like are parallel to each other. And and sometimes like the product isn't always like moving forward, right? Like you probably have to, you're like going backwards too. Like you're, yeah, you're, it's not always moving forward. You're moving back and forth, I imagine a lot on, on different things. That's really cool. Um, is there anything that you wish you would have known before you got into the job? Like anything that you didn't get that you wish you had or some, you know, you wish someone would have told you beforehand? Um, honestly, I'd say the biggest thing would be like teamwork, like team projects are huge and incorporating everyone's ideas. And then also seeing who your consumer is like market analysis is a lot bigger than I realized. And like who buys your project, who's going to use it and like, how are they going to use it? has a lot of influence on how you design and what you design. Right. Oh, I love that. Um, to your first point, like, I think, um, I know some other students have like felt like kind of this weight, like all of this is on me, right? It's like, I have to bring this thing from like concept to finished product. And we teach you all those things because you might be a CMF person or you might be like an industrial designer, or you might be a developer. And so it's like important to know the whole process. Um, but I know some students have kind of felt like, Oh, like I'm responsible for doing all of this, but that's not the case, right? Like there's a whole team that's like helping make this thing come together. And like, you're not going to take a job and they're going to be like, okay, do this whole product by yourself, like from beginning to end, right? Like that's just not how it works. So I know a lot of students feel intimidated by that, right? It's like, I'm going to get out there and I have to do everything. It's like, no, like people will be there to help you and and you're part of something bigger. Especially like bigger companies, you are very like in your own little like niche area department. School candy is nice because it's not big, but it's also not tiny. So it's like, I get to see a lot and work on a lot. Like sometimes I'll help with packaging and like specking that and seeing what kind of shapes and designs we want. But then it's also like, you're also still in like your area and you can just do what you know the best. Totally. Yeah. I, I've heard that about like some of the, the big, big companies, like the Nikes, right? It's like it's a huge name. Like anyone would want their like to be tied to that and have that on their resume. But yeah, then you're like, you're siloed into like one thing, right? It's like you're doing trims for this specific product category for, you know, um, mm-hmm. which is, is great. And there's a lot of opportunity that comes from that, but it's, I don't know, have you kind of learned about your, a little bit more about yourself, like what you want in a career, like what size of company, what type of company, the, the values of the company have, is that, do you feel like you've kind of learned a lot more about what you want out of like an employer by, you know, having this first like real job? Definitely. I'd say it's had a huge influence because it's like my first like real full-time job where it's every day, five days a week. But really, I feel like I've learned a lot just from talking to like other employees about like their past jobs and how like this company treats them compared to other companies and like Hmm. kind of the size difference. But I've definitely realized that I love like the CMF area. Like that's something I definitely want to continue pursuing. Just because there's so much you can do with it and there's like so much innovation that's coming out and what a 
big impact it has on your product. Like if your CMF's not good and the aesthetic and feel of it, it's not going to sell. It kind of like makes or breaks products. But I like it. You kind of work with the product from the beginning and then to the end. So you get to see it all the way through, which is fun. So when did you start officially? Uh, last September. So last September. Six months. Wow. Okay. So, you know, obviously the product cycle for headphones is, I, I don't know, like how long it takes to, to design headphones from beginning to end. It's like 18 months or two years or something. Yeah. Um, well, hopefully, hopefully in, in a year or a year and a half, we see some stuff that you worked on. We can put it on display here so people can see it. What, what do you imagine? I mean, you're working on product right now. Um, we'll have to talk to you again when your first product launches. Um, cause I'd love to hear like what that feeling is, but you've had that feeling with other companies, right? Um, like other internships that you've done or other projects that you've completed with companies. Like, what is that feeling like to like see something that you worked on, like out in the market or what do you expect that feeling to be like in a year and a half from now? I, maybe you don't even know, but. I'm excited. Like some of our upcoming well, our projects that will be upcoming. I'm like, I just am curious to see like how like social media takes it and like what the reviews mm. are and like how well it does kind of, and like see if we hit it, if we did a good job and like got what people wanted and understood that. So I was like, I'm excited to see what happens. That's cool. Well, any advice, I guess, to kind of wrap it up, any advice for current students or people looking to break into the industry? What would you, what would you say to those people? I would say color theory is very important, like way more than I had realized. Yeah. <laughs> and just kind of like what I learned from that class was huge. But then also learning, like staying up to date on like what's going on in the industry, like plastic wise like i didn't realize what a big effect that was and then like how to be more green and sustainable while working with like plastics and cardboards and like what's a better way to do packaging that's more sustainable and kind of just incorporating all of that and then being well-rounded like understanding i'm just focusing only on i'm going to be a hard designer and only do or only do soft goods but it's like be well-rounded and understand the whole genre because the more information the better the more software you know the more well versed you'll be right that's great that's that's awesome um i was going to ask just along those lines before we wrap up like how do you keep up with what's going on in the industry like are there certain publications that you follow or like resources for for that sort of thing like how do you keep up with industry related news or events um, WGSN mm. is a big one that I use a lot, kind of like their upcoming reports. They have a ton of information of like what's going on in fashion, what's going on, what are future predictions, what's going on in the world that will affect design, and kind of what's coming up and who your consumer is. So that's been really interesting. So I spend a lot of time on there and then also like who our consumer is, like they'll kind of go on like hype beast a lot and see what's coming out, what are the big drops are, and who's doing what kind of in that way. That's awesome. Well, that's, that's really helpful. Cause I think sometimes it's easy to just like be heads down and like be doing what you want to do and um, rather than be looking out. And it's nice to know like what those resources are. Cause I feel like that's been a game changer for me is like finding those sources, like where the industry news or, you know, that, that content is coming out. It's like, it's kind of daunting to like find a lot of that stuff from scratch. So, um, 
yeah, WGSN is one I hear all the time. But if people wanted to get in touch with you or, um, you know, ask any questions or just keep up with what you're working on, how's the best way to do that? I'd probably say LinkedIn or Instagram. Okay. Easiest way, yeah. <laughs> hey, well, we can in- include links to those in the, in the comments and when you are in the, in the description. But yeah, when you said LinkedIn earlier on, I just have to say that wasn't a plant. We didn't talk about that because <laughs> I'm a huge, you know, I'm a huge advocate for LinkedIn. So I'm glad that it, it's come in handy and, and I hope people keep using it. So that's great. I'm glad that it helped lead to something. So that's, um, that's great. Well, thanks for taking the time. This is, this is great. It's good to hear what you're working on. And, and I've learned a lot more about what CMF does. So thanks for taking time. Thanks for listening to the Highlander podcast. For more conversations with outdoor industry leaders and enthusiasts, subscribe and listen wherever podcasts are found or on opdd.usu.edu slash podcast.